This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. This is Tiny at Obsessive Tiny on Twitter. And this is the two-year anniversary episode of ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Yeah, that that like that was a spur of the moment thing. I didn't think that's why I messed up before. All right. Um, welcome to the Obsessive Euro, where a weekly movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic, be it genre, trope, movie, or show. Each episode, you can find back episodes, uh, two years worth of back episodes at ovpodcast.com and also on iTunes and all that stuff. Um, and also find the blog at obsessiveviewer.com, where I am in the midst of a Marvel Cinematic Universe review series, and I will also have a review for Cujo coming up at some point and. Hopefully a uh, a piece about Community season six. Um, yeah, and uh, and if you're listening to this within the first 24 hours of it dropping, come see us at Indie Popcon, uh, June 26th to the 28th. That's this Friday through the weekend. Uh, Friday being my birthday, so bring me presents. Uh, we'll be recording throughout the weekend and giving away DVDs at the booth, and we'll have tickets available at IndiePopcon. Or tickets are available at IndiePopcon. dot com, uh, <laughs> and also our booth number is six thirty seven. And uh, we'll be having time on the podcaster stage on Saturday at 11, uh, 3 p.m. <laughs> and I'll also be on a panel, uh, podcasting and journalism, on Sunday at 11 a.m. Nice. <sighs> so, how's it going, Tiny? Very well. Very, very well. Nice. Nice. I am on vacation for a few days all the way through PopCon. Because because you're celebrating the two-year anniversary of the podcast? That's exactly right. Yes. Not the fact that you just got a new job. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm using up my vacation days from my last job. Oh, nice. I didn't realize that that's what you were doing. Yeah. Some that's of awesome. them. Yeah. Nice. Well, congratulations. Thank you. And also congratulations to anyone who likes Hulu and Showtime. Horrible transition. Because <laughs> um, today, uh, before we get started on our topic of the of the episode, which is the second season, second seasons of TV shows, um, before we get started, there's a bit of news came out today uh, that Showtime is going to have their own standalone um, HBO Now equivalent, where they're going to have a have a uh, subscription to their catalog um, online only without having a cable subscription. Um, and then it was just announced today that they're partnering with uh, Hulu to have it through them, and it's going to be an additional eight ninety nine in addition to your your seven ninety nine Hulu um, price, and which is like two dollars less than what you would pay if you went through Apple to get the standalone uh, Showtime app. And it's really interesting. This is all going to go down next month. And it's it's really interesting to me because it's indicative of the way that uh, TV is changing. Um, like, Tiny, you and I had a conversation about this uh, a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's interesting to me that, like, HBO, HBO just came out with their HBO Now app. And then they had an exclusive deal with Apple and, and all that. It was a big thing. I feel like this is kind of where TV fandom and TV viewing is kind of going. And I kind of remarked that like, like uh, streaming services and streaming rights for TV shows and for, for now premium cable packages are kind of the new like syndication rights. Like it used to be that you would have 
a hundred episodes of a show before you can sell it off to they could sell it off to another network or a uh, a, a cable network mm-hmm. uh, to sh- run in syndication. Now that's I mean I don't think I don't I'm not in the industry, but it feels like that's kind of falling by the wayside in in uh, in favor of streaming rights. Yeah. yeah. And we're recording this. Uh, the day before uh, Seinfeld, the complete series is going to be on Hulu. So, yeah, Hulu's Hulu's making a making a big splash in the uh, streaming services thing. It's kind of cool to think about, you know, like instead of NBC selling off The Office to TBS or whoever, mm-hmm. just keep it in house and you don't have to sell off your property. Yeah, make oh, your yeah. own NBC app. I don't know if the net- networks have any desire to do that, right? But they'd be kind of crazy not to. <laughs> yeah, at this point. Yeah, like Fox has their app now, and then I I just showed you how to do the FX right. app. Have you used that at all? I have not used it because okay. we we kind of perused it a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's pretty weak, really. That's that's the thing. It's kind of weird that they like they'll have these standalone apps for networks. Like um, Fox has one, and FX has one, and then I I, I want to say that uh, NBC maybe not NBC, uh, but anyway. But the, what they're doing is they're selling off these. I assume that they're selling off their original programming streaming rights to the big like Netflix, Amazon or Hulu um, and that that leaves them without their full catalog. Yeah. And it's probably better money-wise for them, but like FX made a huge deal um I think it was last year because they got the rights to every episode, every Simpsons ever. Mm-hmm. Um so that's interesting. Which is cool which they do have that on their app, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Every single episode of the Simpsons was on there, so that's that's a plus. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But That's if, you, a, if you go to like it's always sunny or mm-hmm. uh, one of their other Louis, one of their other shows, uh, you have like five episodes of it on there, right? And that's it. Yeah, for like for like Louis and Sons of Anarchy, you have to go yeah. to uh, Netflix or Hulu, right? So that's interesting. Yep. Uh, but speaking of TV, today in honor of our two year podcast anniversary, um, we're talking about. <laughs> Notable second seasons of TV shows. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a this is an idea that I had like a few months ago or a while ago. Thinking, trying to think of like ways that we could do a a an episode um, honoring our second year of podcasting without just sitting here having a, a love fest about the podcast. Yeah, which will come later before potpourri. But um, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so second seasons. This is kind of a tricky topic because. It's uh, I don't know. It's it's kind of it's kind of tricky because you don't really th- like in at least for me. I think of shows when I think of shows as as big bulk shows, and this might come back to uh, our talk about streaming services and how that's becoming kind of the new standard for watching TV. But I kind of think of them as as complete packages packages. Mm-hmm. So it's almost getting to the point where it's a little hard to parse out seasons yeah Um, not impossible and not really that difficult per se but i i kind of in in the era of binge watching shows if you're watching multiple seasons at a time it's kind of easy to you know get it all muddled together true um so yeah so we're going to talk about second seasons of tv um I don't know if there's really any other introduction for it should we just kick it off sure all right so uh we have a list here i'm i'm gonna go first um the Office. Uh, this is kind of in. This was kind of the first, the first show I really thought of when when we were when I was thinking about this topic. Um, the Steve Carell American version of The Office. It's, it's funny. I was watching it, 
uh, at the time it premiered, the first season premiered in 2005 when I was working at the movie theater. And I remember that we had uh, promotional material at the movie theater that showed stuff with the office. I think like special like popcorn bags or something. Um, and I was thinking like, oh, okay. Um, the dude from, uh, uh, I don't know, 40-year-old version was on my radar yet. Mm. But probably the guy from Bruce Almighty. Yeah. And it, I, I didn't get interested in The Office until probably a year and a half later after the second season had ended. And I watched it, um, uh, I watched it kind of in bulk and I just fell in love with the show. But those first six episodes were really rough. They were. And I, I feel like that's, it's it was pretty rough because the the show like any other show was trying to find its footing and the the first season is integral to that but they had a very short season uh six episodes and i feel like that was part of like i remember when the walking dead had their sixth season first season their six episode first season and i remember amc treated it as like this is a 6 hour long pilot yeah and that's kind of how the office season 1 was like for me so when i got to season 2 though it was like just instantly out of the gate. It was they found like their voice, um, and it. I don't know. Season two is probably one of my favorite standalone sitcom seasons of television ever. I agree one hundred percent. Nice. They like uh, thinking back on it now. I remember I purchased like the first three or four seasons of of uh, The Office on iTunes. Mm-hmm. And I would just I would just watch the second season of The Office on my iPod. Yeah. My iPod video. That takes you back a little bit, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. um, I would watch it on my iPod video like all the time. I, I've probably seen every episode of that season about six or seven times mm. each. Um, they, you're right. They just they found their groove and they really like just nailed it down so hard in that mm-hmm. second season. And I, I would venture to say there is not a weak episode in that whole season. Maybe one or two. But that's what twenty two episodes, maybe. 24? Yeah, twenty two episodes. I wouldn't say a single one was weak. Yeah, I, I I'm trying to think of because, like, I, I would say the same thing about like season one of Community, but even season one of Community, the um, the one with the teenagers that were that were taunting taunting uh, Britta and Jeff, that was annoying to me. Oh, really? And but like with the Office season two, it's like. I mean, I can't off the top of my head. I can't think of anything yeah. uh, that was weak in that season. And <clears throat> and the first, I mean, like there's so many iconic um, the office moments in that season. Yes, like, and that's that's the big Jim Pam season. Yeah, where it kind of showed, really grew them as uh, um, as uh, as star-crossed lovers. I guess I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> As a as a romantic couple, mm-hmm. um, or the potential for it, and it's it was some of the best characterization in that regard I've ever seen since uh, Ross and Rachel. Absolutely, um, I agree one hundred percent. And I and I distinctly remember that I was uh, <laughs> uh, I was I was record or I was at work and I had watched the rest of the season or I'd ended the season or something like that. And I texted Mike while I was at work, uh, who Mike is our co-host who is on sabbatical from the podcast. Um, and I, I said, uh, like I kind of, and I mean, okay, if you're a long time listener, you'll know that this is a, this is a, uh, 
this is an issue of mine. I am I am so prone to hyperbole and <laughs> excitement when I try to get a when I try to get friends into something that I'm into. Um, so I just sent him a text with like the blanket statement saying, "In one season of of The Office, uh, the show." The show made me care more about Jim and Pam than ten seasons of Friends made me care about Ross and Rachel. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and uh, and then all he said, and spoiler for the f- series finale of uh, of uh, of Friends, but all he all he said in response was, "I got off the plane," and I was like, "Oh, that that kind of gave me chills." <laughs> so, but I, I mean, I kind of stand by it. I did care more about Jim and Pam in that second season. Because it was so endearing seeing seeing Jim in that point, and like he, like something about John Krasinski's uh, performance throughout the season, like you can feel like his pain and his mm-hmm. uh, discomfort, and it was like not, it was another layer to the show that you had the discomfort of the employees being just uncomfortable with Michael's antics, but you also had this very endearing uh, romantic subplot with John John Krasinski and Jenna Fisher. That you know, you want you just instantly just want them to get together. Oh yeah, yeah. And there's oh my god, there's so many just fantastic episodes. Like yeah, I remember just crying, crying, laughing at the cold open to uh, the carpet where I, I think no, 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 it was the injury. I'm sorry, it was the injury <laughs> uh, where Michael calls the office and tells he's in hysterics and he tells. Uh, he tells the office that he's burned his foot on a foreman grill. <laughs> and, uh, I enjoy having breakfast in bed. I like waking up to the smell of bacon. Sue me. And since I don't have a butler, I have to do it myself. So most nights before I go to bed, I will lay six strips of bacon out on my George Foreman grill. Then I go to sleep. When I wake up, I plug in the grill. I go back to sleep again. Then I wake up to the smell of crackling bacon. It is delicious. It's good for me. It's a perfect way to start the day. Today, I got up, I stepped onto the grill, and I clamped down on my foot. That's it. I don't see what's so hard to believe about that. Pam, could you come get me? Uh, I have to stay here and answer the phone. Okay, could someone come and get me, please, Ryan? Michael, you should stay home and rest. There's no toilet paper here. Could Ryan tell Ryan to bring toilet paper? Could you tell him that? Can you hop? I tried hopping, Kevin, and I bumped my elbow against the wall, and now my elbow has a protuberance. No one wants to pick me up? What is going on? What is going on? Michael is um, sick, and he wants one of us to rescue him. I'm I'm coming, Michael! I'm going to save you! Michael is in trouble! Okay, hold on, Michael! I am coming! Wait there! Michael, why don't you call your girlfriend? I don't have a girlfriend. But you said you went out with her this weekend. It was all made up. Just someone come, okay? Anyone. Anyone but Dwight. What was that? Oh! Oh. He hit the pole. (laughs) And, uh, And just the way that the entire scene plays out, it's like it hits so many beats and so many punchlines in such a short, short, amount of time that it's it's just phenomenal that set up so much that set up an episode that was strong in itself mm-hmm. and it did it in such a way that's it was just hysterical to me i love that scene 
So great. Yeah. That, <laughs> just what they were able to pack into one season, even though it's 22 episodes, you're like, oh, that's plenty of time. Yeah. They they could have probably done 40 episodes. Oh, yeah. And not missed a beat. It was just, that was just a fantastic season. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, The Office is on Netflix. Watch it if you haven't watched it yet. Um, and season two will make you love it. Uh, Tiny, what do you want to bring up? Well, to follow your your line of thinking and kind of like your thread, uh, the first thing I thought of when you you mentioned second seasons Mm -hmm. was uh, The Wire, the greatest television show ever made. Nice. Um, And what got me thinking about it is, you know, it, it sort of, it got me in the frame of mind of thinking about just how important second seasons really are. Because mm-hmm. you know we we so much emphasis is put on the first season. You know, uh, it, can it be good enough to just blow everybody away to where you'll never top it again, mm-hmm. or can it be just good enough to where you'll squeak by? And in the second season, you can do what you really want to do. Right. You know, it's it's like it's just hard. It's hard to strike a balance between those two things. And where the wire falls in for me. Mm-hmm. Is that I think a lot of wire purists uh, will say that the first season is the best season. I think a lot of purists will. Uh you know, I I would have to disagree with you. Really? Yeah, oh, okay. I would say that people would say season four. Really? Yeah, I, I think I think so. Uh, I think a lot of purists would say that. Okay. But yeah, but yeah, I I think that they would say that the season one is the best, the best thesis statement for the show, or the the okay. the show's thesis statement. Maybe I don't know. Okay, I can say but, that. But yeah, your well, mileage may vary. I know a lot of people have said their fir- that the first season is their favorite, and I lo- like for me, you can't really make a bad pick. Season five would be a little weird to me, but yeah, whatever. But to me, I think the second season is the best season of The Wire. Interesting. Maybe See, maybe not objectively the best, but it's my mm, favorite. I'll say that. It's yeah. It's I'll let you. I'm gonna let you finish. <laughs> but <laughs> that's really interesting because I remember you and I watched this entire series together. Yep. And I remember like coming out of season two, like 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 just something about it just didn't really click with me, mm-hmm. uh, at least not until the end. And then like it wasn't until and it wasn't until I rewatched the series and and revisited season two that like it like the magic of this season or or the importance of the season really just hit just hit home to me so so much. Mm-hmm. Which by the way, anyone listening, my birthday is Friday, and the full series set is. Available on Blu-ray for eighty-five bucks on Amazon. Gosh, yeah. So you know, it's such an amazing deal. Oh my god! It's just, I bought, I paid ninety for my DVD set. Yeah, that's all, the whole series, and right. this is the remastered Blu-ray. I'm gonna get it eventually, but anyway. So, <laughs> Tiny, your thoughts on season two? Yes. Um, I remember watching the first season and being just absolutely floored, mm-hmm. and I was like, "That's that's some of the best television I've ever seen, without question." Uh, I don't know how they're gonna top it, and for me, they, I don't know. I can't say they topped it objectively, mm-hmm. but it's just I love the second season. I, I I wish I could, I wish I could sit here and just do like a whole love fest about the wire and <laughs> right. break everything down. Which it's amazing how little we actually talk about the wire on this it, show. It is considering how and the regard that both of us hold it in. Absolutely, and a lot of people hold it in. Um, but what I love about the second season is that there's, I I, I feel like the thread that they go through to the thread that they go through to investigate um, the, these dock workers, uh, the stevedores, uh, mm-hmm. Frank Sabaka and his, his nephew and stuff. Um, I just feel like that's such a tight thread that like we, we don't have to worry about 
you know, our our protagonists, if you will, being introduced and mm-hmm. setting up all this stuff like the first season had, which I'm not discrediting the first season for because you have to do it. So there's just no way around it. But in the second season, we, we already know who McNulty is, and we already know who uh, all the other characters are, all the other protagonists are, if mm-hmm. you will, the cops and stuff like that. So we get we get to develop them further, and then we get introduced to all these great new antagonists, or I wouldn't go so far as to call them villains necessarily, but just antagonists, and we get to dive into them further as well. We get, mm-hmm. I mean, by the end of the season, Frank Sabaka and his nephew, um, Nick, Nick Sabaka, Nick Sabaka, yeah. um, Nicholas, they, I, I feel like I've, I don't know. I feel like those, those are a couple of blue collar guys that could be from Indianapolis yeah. that, I, that I bump into at the gas station or something. Oh yeah. I mean, I just, I felt like I knew them. Um, mm-hmm. and not to mention that, you know, this show is, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say it's political. Um, but it's, it always has something to say. It mm-hmm. always makes a statement, um, a sociological one or a societal statement, if you will. And this second season shined a light on human trafficking mm-hmm. that is uh, far too dim of a light, if you will, to stick to the analogy. Um, that's right. just something that the media doesn't report on very much and most of the general public doesn't realize how massive of a problem it is, not only in the United States but around the world. Um, and this, this season kind of sort of introduced me to it mm-hmm. more than I was aware. Um, and just same here. Yeah. Really, really brought it to light for me. And I, I'm indebted to the show for that because I've, I've since watched documentaries on it and everything. And it's just a remarkably tragic, uh, fact of 21st century life, which is yeah. just, it's just, it's, it's terrible this time and this day and age that it's such a huge problem. Oh yeah, it's insanely uh, just disturbing. It is. Yeah. Um, so that's. I mean, that's. Those are just a few examples of the thing that the second the second season achieved. Yeah. And I mean, it's you could give it so many more accreditations, but mm-hmm. I don't want to harp on it or dwell on this too much. But, right. And um, if if I may, you mentioned the Sabatkas, and like mm-hmm. I just want to reiterate, like, holy crap! Yes, the, the, yeah. it is some of the just richest characterization I've seen in a TV show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I want to throw out, uh, the character of Ziggy and that yeah. also was just, it just so interesting to me that they have the, they have like the characters in place that they're doing I, something about his character specifically spoke to me in, 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 in a way that kind of pointed out like, okay, these criminals, it kind of humanized the criminal behavior. Yeah, definitely. Me. Um, especially since he was so, there's I don't know what word you would use to describe Z. Yeah, I don't um, know. Devil may care. Devil may care. Kind of, kind of dim-witted, a little slow. Yeah. Um, but eager to make a buck, I guess, um, right. without much follow-through on thinking. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, season two of The Wire. It, the Wire is almost in itself is is almost an anthology type of series, mm-hmm. but it's sprawling in that it ties together all of these things. All the all the pieces matter. Mm-hmm. And season two introduces coming off the heels of season one, which which established such an intense and rich dichotomy between the police and and the and the dealers and everything. To go from that to putting the focal point on an entirely different aspect of this that's still tied mm-hmm. uh, to this drug 
trade yes. is just, I mean, it was ballsy and it, it just expanded. It established The Wire as an expansive series that really didn't stop from there. And yes. it's it's just uh, majestic. <laughs> right. And uh, definitely worth worth the 80 Six dollars on Amazon for the Blu-ray set that you mm-hmm. guys are gonna hopefully buy for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it 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 anchors it anchor. Or I wouldn't say anchors, but it it perpetuates the idea that or the fact that the economy in Baltimore is driven by drugs, right? By the white powder or mm-hmm. brown powder, whatever. Right, right. Heron. Yeah. <laughs> so got that pandemic. Jesus. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, anything more on? Watch on the, the Wire. Watch Please it. do. If you've watched it before, watch it again. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> I'm. I'm gonna need to soon. I know. It's been way too long for me. Kind of get the itch to watch it again. Oh yeah. yeah. So, do you know? Uh, just real quick, do you know if on HBO Go, if they have the? Yep. It's the remastered. It's the remastered. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, like I, I damn you for telling me that. Right. <laughs> I like I I played it, um, and it was like just to see. I think this I checked it on Amazon Prime, but it was the same as HBO Go. Mm-hmm. And I started to play it, and I was like just curious to see what it is, and then like it kind of to see if it's if it's the remastered version. And like I started playing it, and then like I was like, oh yeah, it is the remastered. And then I was like, huh. And you woke up and it was Wednesday. Right. Like, <laughs> kind of. Like, I, I was sitting there, and to, and to put this into context, this was a couple months ago when I was when I was packing all my stuff to move. Mm-hmm. And so I was playing it, and, like, I was like, well, l- let's just see how it looks for here. And then like, <laughs> I played it through the cold open, and I was like, well, let's see how the opening credits look. <laughs> and then, like, I was like, I can't. I, j- I just can't. I'm about to move. I'm about to get all settled in. Yeah. I was like, I can't. I can't divide my attention to a series like this. Yeah. And then, then I watched the courtroom scene at the beginning. <laughs> and it was just, it's like, that's the kind of show, like, it, it really sucks you in. Yeah. But I'll, I'll get back to it. My, my, Thing is, in my head, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to eventually buy the Blu-ray set, and that's when I'll rewatch it. Nice. Even though it's the remastered version is on HBO Go. Right. But, yeah. So, watch The Wire. Yes. And also watch this next show that I'm going to transition into. <laughs> Season 2 of Arrested Development. Totes. Um, talk about a series that is so dense with its storytelling and with its with callbacks and everything like that. And just really rich characterization and all that. Um, in other words, much like The Wire, <laughs> Arrested <laughs> Development. Uh, no, but it's uh, like season two, I feel, is when Arrested Development, maybe not, maybe that's not when it hit its stride because the first season was remarkable. Mm-hmm. But it's when season two is when Arrested Development, as I know it now, uh, having watched it over and over again ad nauseum and, and, being a huge fan of it that's when it that's when it finally like clicked into place for me mm-hmm. because season two that's when like Mitch Hurwitz and his writing staff and everything like that's when they just went just go for broke in terms of callbacks and foreshadowing and in uh-huh. just sight gags and all kinds of things like there's there's like a scene like I, I'm this maybe even call back to a scene in season one but I mean at the end of the season at the end of season two there's a revelation regarding um <laughs> George Bluth's 
business dealings with a certain um a certain monster um, <laughs> um across the world and uh there are, there are like little bits and pieces set up early like even i think as far back as season 1 but i mean that's when it was more prevalent in season 2 is when they had all these like little asides and little like little like remarks like like i may have i may have uh yeah the callback in season 1 was when he was like i may have uh i may have committed light treason yeah and uh and then like you see like the way that this revelation comes comes out at the end of season two is that they realize that the um that the model <laughs> the model home like like they found out that the Bluth company was responsible for building homes somewhere uh-huh. and they see a news report that shows the shoddy workmanship of the homes over there <laughs> like as the whole season has been like little bits and pieces like saying like a like a window pane just kind of breaks uh yeah. out of nowhere um <laughs> And it's just that, and I mean, like some of the some of the best uh, gags kind of were born from season two, and it was I don't know, I, it's been too long since I like The Wire. It's been too long since I've rewatched The Rest of Development from the beginning. Yeah, and I still kind of have season four kind of uh, fresh in my mind. It wasn't bad, but it was not where I wanted it to be and, and it kind of didn't turn me away from it, but it, it made me kind of reluctant to uh, watch it again. So it's, mm-hmm. so yeah, so I'll, I'll revisit it from the beginning. Um, nice. At some point soon. What yeah. do you think of season two? Uh, I mean, what you said basically. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it was the, the point where I did not appreciate Arrested Development the first time I watched through it. But then the second time, I just got it. It all just clicked mm-hmm. for me. And the second season was like, I started to realize as I was watching it, I was like, this is just about as close to perfection as far as comedy goes. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, how could Arrested Development have been better? Like, what would you do to make it better? Like, not, you can't do anything to make that better. It was just, right. just borderline perfect. And I think they found that in the second season. Yeah. And it's such a shame that it was followed up with such a weak season three that was marred yeah. by... Uh, studio intervention and studio cancellation. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, like, it was to the point where I was so enamored with uh, season two of Arrested Development. And maybe this is me being part of the problem, but then again, I was never part of a, of a Nielsen house, so my viewing wouldn't have really mattered anyway. But I didn't watch season three as it aired because mm-hmm. I was so... I was I I'd heard so many things about what was going on behind the scenes. And I was like I it, I feel like it would tarnish season two to watch it, mm, and yeah. I ended up blind buying the the DVD for season three after Mike uh, texted me and said like it's it's not season two, it's not it's not great, but it's still it's still strong. Yeah, and I watched it and I enjoyed season three, but nothing nothing that the show did um, after season two really really met that for me mm-hmm. word yep uh so tiny what about the next one uh the next one for me is uh the show lost i've which, never heard of that show <laughs> ironically <laughs> i picked the best show ever made for my first one and then i picked the second or third best show ever made for my second one so i i agree yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um and lost is another show we haven't talked about a lot lately you know <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah. I think yeah. part of that is that I feel like uh, Mike was, was uh, yeah. I didn't like. I didn't want to say too much about Lost because I'm 
like again, I know that I'm I'm quick to uh to I'm prone to hyperbole and I'm quick to really really uh upsell a show and everything and mm-hmm. I kind of wanted Lost to be its own entity, but I think I think that I may uh may have talked about it a lot on the podcast. <laughs> but yeah, so but yeah, so so season 2 of Lost tiny. Yeah, season 2 of Lost um is one of my, f- if not my favorite, probably my second favorite season. Really? Of the show. Interesting. Um, I think that's right. Fr- yeah. Yeah. We've had this. We've had these discussions. We so, have yeah. had these discussions. It's it's been a while. It has been. That's what I was saying. It's been a while. Um, I, I remember watching it on DVD and like, like I, uh, the first season fantastic obviously oh yeah oh yeah uh but you know they introduce all these mysteries mm-hmm. the show is famous for its mysteriousness mm-hmm. and, and and they didn't answer any of the any of the damn questions and uh, that ruined the entire series for everyone and it's the worst thing that's ever happened to television <laughs> worst finale ever oh uh, hashtag sarcasm yeah jk yeah anyway um so there's all this mystique around the show and the, the mystery and the the craziness, the episodes that I found the most interesting were when they were dealing with the others. Oh yeah, as they were, uh, as they were so named. Mm-hmm. Um, that just blew me away. Like there's, there's like native people on this island, <laughs> right? And they're like cannibals or some, shit, you know. Like you thought it was something <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Um, you, your mind would just go crazy. Like, what? Who are these people? And <laughs> it was, it just. I don't know. The mystery just sucked me in. Mm. And it seemed in the second season, that was a big vocal point was them finding out who the others are. And I mean, we never really find out who they are. Not really. Well, well we do. But like, I mean, well, it's like there's still a lot of mysteries around. Well, um, yeah, there are. But well, like, Jesus. Sorry. <laughs> um, it, what am I trying to say here? Uh, I just loved it. It was mm-hmm. good. Yeah. So what do you have next? <laughs> um, the, I will echo. I, I will. Oh, oh God, tiny. Oh God, here it comes. <laughs> Mister Echo. I will, Mister Echo, <laughs> your sentiments on on the expansion of the others' mythology in it because there you uh, go. Season one really kind of established like okay, they're not alone on the island. And then season two was like like they're kind of a cl- like a clandestine like battle with the others so, yeah. somewhat and then season 3 was kind of like oh kind of war with the others but we won't really talk about that it was kind of weak but anyway yeah season 2 for me um just from that opening scene from season 2 mm-hmm. uh if you remember uh the the song make your own kind of music was playing and it was the introduction to probably one of my favorite, one of my top three, four favorite characters of the entire series is Desmond. <laughs> and <clears throat> like, like you said about, and, and let's go back to to talking about the others. They they were still shrouded in mystery, mm-hmm. and it was kind of like this. I remember an anecdote that that I it may have been on the special features on the Blu-ray and everything. Um, that Damon Lindelof, I think, and Damon Lindelof and Carlton Clu- Car- Carlton Cuse said that um, when the, or it was mo- it was just Damon Lindelof now that I remember, but he talked about how he was developing the series or developing developing the pilot with J.J. Abrams, mm-hmm. and J.J. Abrams he. <laughs> He's known for having this kind of like there's an article somewhere where he talks about this magic box 
And like, like he, like I don't know if it's a metaphorical thing or, or if he literally has one, but he remembers like he talks about how like when he was a kid, he like he had this magic box, like he he like there was a toy or something, and it was it was just it was a box that it was a mystery box, like you open it and it's supposed to be a surprise or whatever was in it, mm. but he never opened it because the thought of what could put what anyone anything that he could imagine was in there was in there and that was kind of this big metaphor for how he how he how he handles storytelling and everything it's like this hmm. there's this magical mystical box and that's that's kind of uh, personified a little on the nose with season one of lost with the hatch yeah um because it's literally like like throughout the entire first season like anything could have been in that damn thing and then season two just opened it up and then it's one of the one of the best things about lost and one of the one of the greatest one of one of the tenets of the brilliant storytelling of Lost is its ability to open that mystery box and populate it with hundreds of other mystery boxes. Yeah. And I feel like that is a that is a part of Lost that never gets credit because and it's it's also it's what turned most fans away from it at at the end because they became fixated on this box and they didn't they didn't really focus on the people carrying the box around. Yes. And that's <laughs> and it's like if you look at it if you look at it without without if you look at it objectively just the way that it unraveled these stories and everything it it was it was masterful in my opinion and season mm-hmm. 2 is where it really shined in that regard because yeah they introduced a lot of stuff yeah. and uh and a lot of a lot of really interesting things and uh and they and they really yeah, it's it's great. It's probably not my favorite season as a whole. Yeah. Uh, my favorite season belongs to season five because it uh, it deals with one of my favorite plot devices of anything. Um, yeah, it yeah. Does. Whatever happened happened. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, and and yeah, I just I oh, I love this show so much. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, and uh, there, oh oh, a, a couple anecdotes about season two is that. When it aired, I, I watched it. Like I, I, the way that I came to Lost was that I, um, bought the first season DVD without having watched it, with only having only heard about it. Watched it while I was in, uh, while I was at USI with with Mike in Evansville. Um, and I'd watched the DVD and everything, and then while we were in school is when the season premiered. Mm-hmm. And this is back like 2005, and uh, this is like before. Like I didn't have an iTunes account. Like yeah. this is this is this predates iTunes for me mm-hmm. personally. So I'm like, so there was an episode that I think it was the second or third episode. I think um, orientation. Um, it's the episode where Locke goes into the damn hatch. Yeah, and you finally see like like what he sees as he goes in the hatch, and uh, at least at one point throughout it, our dorms. Uh, fire, fire alarm went off. Yeah, and uh, and I was like, I'll risk dying. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and then later in the season, uh, the episode "The Hunting Party" aired, and I can't remember the specific. I don't, I don't remember why this happened, but I didn't. I just couldn't watch it. I something happened. I didn't get a chance to watch it at all. Yeah, and I mean, with a serialized show. On with a serialized show, when you when you're at college and you don't have you don't have the resources to 
like I, like the, I didn't have I didn't have a way to watch the episode, and I didn't want to mm-hmm. miss an episode because I didn't want to miss a a chunk of the story. Yeah. So like I downloaded iTunes, and I remembered my sister at the time had an iPod. I think this is before I even had an iPod. So I got her like ID, like her like her iTunes account. Maybe no, I I don't know. Anyway, I ended up buying the episode on iTunes and watching it that way, and I, I felt like this is. Like what I was doing, I was like, "This is such a weird experience." I'm watching TV on my laptop. <laughs> it was just, it was strange. Wow. Um, oh, how the times have changed. Yes. So yeah, but anyway, yeah, season two of Lost is is phenomenal, as is the entire series. Absolutely perfect. Even not a single blemish in the entire series. <laughs> in only. all six seasons of Lost, if only every single beat <laughs> was perfect. <clears throat> Except for Nikki and Paolo. So, um, should I bring up the next one? Please. Uh, this next one is, <laughs> this is a show that I'm, we're not going to loud upon, uh, loud with, am I using that right? Laud. Laud upon. We're not going to have a big love fest for this show because <laughs> it's not, it's not that good, but it's, it's prison break. And the reason that I'm picking this, this TV series for this po- this particular topic, is that I like while the show isn't that good, like just objectively speaking, like looking back on it, the show is is pretty, you know, pretty weak in, in my opinion. Yeah, there's some there's some fun stuff in there. there there's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's I mean, but it's not Lost, it's not The Wire, it's not Arrested Development, it's not The Office. Yeah. It's definitely not the next show we're going to talk about, but yeah. It's it's a lot of popcorn fun in kind of this a similar vein of like serial serialized television at the time. This premiered in I think two thousand four. Also, was it? Uh, I think. Probably five. Oh yeah, I think it was two thousand five. Uh huh. Um. So anyway, um, because <clears throat> it, it, it replaced Arrested Development's time slot, I believe. It did, Is didn't right? it? I think it did. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. It was one of the shows they were developing to replace Arrested Development. I don't think they were developing. I think it was airing. Co- it, it, it aired coinciding with, uh, with yeah, because they had oh, the okay. episode of Arrested Development, uh, Prison Break In. Right. Where, where he, uh, yeah, I Tobias was like, "Don't leave your Uncle Teabag hanging," <laughs> which is a reference to a character in Prison Break. Right. Uh, okay. Teabag. Yeah, you're probably yeah. right. Anyway, um. <clears throat> anyway, so. Season one of Prison Break is is you know it's fine it's a fun popcorn serialized TV in this in the in the vein of like twenty four mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of fun to watch and it's you know the premise is is really interesting because it's a it's it's this this genius guy gets himself sent to prison so that he can break his brother out because his brother is wrongfully convicted of killing the vice president's brother. And it's all this big conspiracy and everything. But what the first season touched on was didn't touch on the conspiracy that much at all. Um, sort kind of it. It did quite a bit. There was a running subplot that wasn't a, a, that much interest. But tangentially, yeah, tangentially, kind of touched on yeah. it. But <clears throat> but the problem with season one of Prison Break was that they they had thirteen episodes, and then they got you know they got approved for a back nine or or whatever so they had like a whole half of a season to write mm-hmm. so by the end of their 13 episodes they like they were breaking out of the prison and then they're like oh shit, we need to okay we need to keep them in yeah <laughs> so so while like the back half isn't that good it still leads to a moment that is so satisfying and everything that and this is the point that I'm I'm talking a lot about season one, but it brings out season two 
the 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 show really broke out in season two um, because they had spoilers for season one of Prison Break, but they break out of the prison at the end of season one. Mm-hmm. And so what I loved about season two was that the focus of the season was on a manhunt for them. Yeah. And it was so it was such the antithesis of the first season because the first season is confined to this prison um, and, and it's all reliant on on. Oh my God! Why I can't believe I can't I can't believe I remembered his name, Michael Schofield, um, <laughs> <clears throat> using his ingenuity and everything and his genius to to break out of prison and everything. And then season two just sprawls it out like it's 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 the Fox River Eight. I think there's eight convicts that are that uh, something like that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> arbitrary number. Basically. Yeah, there was there was eight characters that broke out, and they all kind of went their separate ways. But there's a there's a plot device that's, god damn it, it's slight spoilers for Prison Break. But one of the characters, one of the characters, the reason that uh, Michael Schofield um, enlisted him in his breakout plans is because he figured out that he is the real DB Cooper. Oh yeah! And, oh, I forgot about yeah. that. Oh shit! So the reason that he was part of the plan, which I don't think he he ever actually broke out. I think he ended up. Did he end up dying at the end of season one? Uh, you're asking the wrong guy. Anyway, so he helped them break out, but he told them where the money is from the DB Cooper heist. <laughs> so the entire second season is them the 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 escapees trying to get to this point where the money is and i think that lasts like half the season maybe but then there's also another thread that this is this is kind of bearing the lead because the best part about season two was the addition of william fichter one of my favorite character actors oh yeah um as as the agent in charge of tracking down the the fox river eight um Mm -hmm. and it comes to it comes to light that he is not he is not as he seems and it 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 ups the stakes of it because it's not like he's going to capture the Fox River 8 because he's enlisted as part of this uh, – tangentially uh, enlisted as part of this conspiracy plot. So he's out to like kill them. Yeah. And it's it's just a really interesting interesting way to, to go about making a season about a prison break it, like or a show about a prison break. It's, it's almost – I hold season two in such a medium regard mm-hmm. um, compared to season one. Or I, I, that sounds like I'm down on it, but like season one was just okay. But season two is where it really just like flipped on me and became a show that I wanted to watch weekly. Yeah. Um, and it ends on such such an awesome note too. Like the the season ends on such a such a such a WTF moment that just kind of that kind of just shocked me and made me really excited about season three which season three wasn't that good but mm-hmm. it was kind of a retread but it was better than season four yeah what'd you think of prison break denny uh it had um five seasons in the movie did it have five seasons was it five i think it was no five. i think it had f- did it, it had at least five? four it had four and then a tv movie yeah or a direct-to-dvd movie whatever you want to call it yeah Far too much, really. Far too much, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The season four became this whole different beast, and like the timeline got all screwed up with one of the characters' kids, and it was kind of like they just didn't really care about anything. But Um, I, I think, I think this show, if it were done, 
uh, we say this about almost every network show. If it were on cable and it had 13, 13 episode seasons uh, and it were planned out like good shows are supposed to be for five seasons, mm-hmm. it could have been a very solid, fun show and yeah. could have maintained some form of levity and uh, quality over five seasons, I mm-hmm. think, you know, which would be like, what, 60, 70 episodes, if that. Yeah, I, I agree. I I agree to an extent, but I, I, I agree, but I wouldn't wish it on it. Cause right, I mean. I, honestly, yeah. like, I kind of feel like Prison Break is, Prison Break is the show that it, that it was, and while it was, while it wasn't, like, a very great show for me, mm-hmm. it was still, like, a really good embodiment of the, of the popcorn serialized subgenre action show that was really popular in the mid to mid 2000s yeah mid to mid aughts mid aughts um and i think it it would have been better served on on the cable because you have a bunch of people in prison right and you have to keep it tame for you know a, a, a network show if oz had a prison break there you go um yeah, I don't know if there was ever a prison break in the office. There was, yeah. Was it really? Yeah. Interesting. It's pretty good. Did anyone have a tattoo of the layout of the prison on them? No. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I don't remember prison break very much. Yeah, it's all on Netflix. I've I've kind of toyed with the idea of, of going back and rewatching it, yeah. but I just remember the third season. They're in like what Panama? <laughs> yeah. And they get sent back to jail. It's that's the that's oh. the spoilers for prison break. But oh, I mean, it's, an it's old ten show. years old. Yeah. yeah, season two ends. With them getting thrown, like a few of the characters getting put into, uh, getting into a, a Panama prison. Yeah. And it's like, it's like the grossest, like, like lawless kind of environment that to be in. Yeah. And it's so, that's kind of, I, I kind of like season three, Tidy. Do you? I kind of do. Cause it's, <laughs> it's, it's funny and it's weird. Not weird, but it's kind of like, it should be a retread, but it's also like they, they kind of point out, like, okay, you know, all bets are off here in this prison, and it's like, <laughs> like they have a scene where, like, like it's the reversal, like the the brother comes to visit him in prison, and he's like, I think there's a scene where, like, someone, I don't know if it's his brother or not, but uh, Lincoln Burroughs, oh my god, yeah, holy wow. Anyway, <laughs> um, why did I, wow. Anyway, <laughs> so there's a scene where he's like, well, you broke out from prison, prison the first time, could you do it again? And he's like. <laughs> No, I can't. It's like, it's, <laughs> but they end up doing it. But it's it's yeah. really it's a, it's an interesting turn for the show to take. And then season four was kind of their their spy like they became a spy team. It, it was like season season four of Prison Break was the Fast and Furious of the Prison Break series <laughs> because that's when it became. It didn't become a break in break out. Uh, conspiracy show. It became a conspiracy spy thriller where they yeah. were contracted by the government to root out these this conspiracy or something. Right, right. Which had its own moments, but you know. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to bring us into the next one? Yes, the next one is Breaking Bad. Yes. Um, again, probably discussed amongst some of the best shows ever. Mm-hmm. Um, like like Lost and and Prison Break. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, looking at that list, it's like one of these things does not belong. That's right. One of these <laughs> things are not like the other things. Yeah. <laughs> um, Breaking Bad, uh, season two. Again, one of my favorite seasons of Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's 
Breaking Bad was an interesting case the first two seasons because the first season's only six episodes. Mm-hmm. And I feel seven. like it's seven. Yep. Okay. Due to the writer strike. Okay. Okay. But I feel like that first season is just very rough. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a good sense of the characters, but I think the, uh, the, their trajectory is kind of questionable a little bit. Um, but you know, the, the first season was so successful and it was so critically acclaimed and people were like, this, this show can really be something mm-hmm. that, you know, um, AMC through a lot of their effort and what I can only assume to be money mm-hmm. uh, behind the show. And the second season is just like leaps and bounds better in quality um, as far in like every respect, in my opinion, uh, mm-hmm. writing, production quality, uh, visual quality, mm-hmm. uh, just it's just so much better. Um, and the prison there. Well, not the prison. <laughs> the characters are so. They're established in the first season like they're supposed to be. You know, okay, mm-hmm. this is what Walter White is. This is what Jesse is. And then they just dive into those characters so hardcore. Oh, yeah. It's like a friggin' rocket ship with those characters. <laughs> they just take off in the second season. It's just so awesome. Um, yeah. I, I don't even remember a lot of the specifics about two. Season um, two also had the uh, the thread of, like, there was... I don't know how many episodes ended up having this, but... Like throughout the season, episodes would begin with this black and white footage of this something, yeah, and it slowly kind of unravels it, like what it is, yeah, and you don't really realize what the hell is going on until the closing minutes of the season, and it's brilliant. <clears throat> oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. Like I remember having a having just a like what the hell moment, and then thinking like, I, like I I was kind of mad at first. I was like, that yeah. seems like so random and and non consequential. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you just kind of realize what it means from a narrative perspective because it's basically I won't spoil it because this is still a show that people should be discovering if they haven't watched it yet. But what it is like something something happens that is the direct result of of characters actions in breaking bad and it's such it's so it's so um it's motivated by selfishness too yes it's it's motivated by selfishness greed yeah and it's such a such a uh standalone kind of thing it's like nothing nothing intentional like Mm -hmm. this this event this event is just the 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 consequence of actions that right couldn't be fathomed it's kind of like the butterfly effect. Exactly, that's exactly what it is, yeah. and it's it's just so well well told throughout the whole season, and mm-hmm. and I mean just ah, <laughs> uh, and I love the I love the tongue in cheek uh, episode titles. If you if you are familiar with this, there's like four episode titles that when you read them throughout, like you read those, you take those episode titles out of the season. Read them again. It tells you what happened. It's it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um. Just it's funny. It's funny. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's just a fantastic season of television, and absolutely builds so much on the first season. Just takes. Mm-hmm. All, it's just great. Oh yeah. It's ah. Uh, again, we talked a lot about Breaking Bad, but we lost. We talked a lot about the last season of Breaking Bad. We did. Yeah. We had three bonus episodes devoted to the final episodes. Yeah. Like seven or eight hours worth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I really like those episodes though. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. So yeah. watch Breaking Bad. Yeah, second season I think is I, th- I think it's my favorite. I it's, need I need to rewatch the series again to really make that statement. But me too. Uh, yeah, me too. 
I, I'm kind of shelving it for now. Uh, it'll. I'm going to wait a few years before I rewatch it, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you get the barrel Blu-ray set? Did not. I, uh, I'm going to wait for the price to go down on it because it's like $200. I think it's like gone. I think it's, Is it really? I think it was limited, but yeah. I was so I was kind of jealous because they they came out with a, with another series set that's that's a standard Blu-ray box really? set with okay. the, the whole series, but it's just a normal like a normal DVD case. So right. I'm like, I have this damn barrel uh-huh. that like now it's nice because I have it set up on on display in, in my living room. But mm-hmm. I was also like, I mean, I can't like I don't know, I can't put it on my shelf. Yeah. So yeah, um, but yeah, Breaking Bad. It's you know season two of Breaking Bad. It's it's the prison break manhunt of Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah <laughs> it's great yeah so i'll go ahead and round us out this one will be brief because i know that it's not really it's not part of the i don't know i don't know i've I've talked about the show before i think because i remember at one point our friend uh our friend pat from the nerds you're looking for he after i talked about it on on a very early episode it might have been our nostalgia tv episode actually i believe it was um he texted me and said that he was watching it but it's it's wings the 1990s I think it started at 89. Yeah, I actually. think it started at 89. Yeah. Uh, 89 to like 96 or 7. Um, it's, I mean, you know, I, I, this show holds such a special place in my heart because I grew up watching this damn thing. Me too. And it's, I mean, when you really look at it from, from like a business perspective and, and from, from, uh, uh, um, from, from the Hollywood or whatever, television landscape and everything, it's a ripoff of Cheers. It's Cheers oh, in yeah. an airport, yep. like totally. But mm-hmm. I just—I mean, I—I loved this show. I mean, I this was my this was my jam growing up. Yeah. Like I think I talked to him in the Nostalgia TV episode that I. This was the show that it was be it would be on syndication on USA Network, and I would when I stayed home from school, it would play like between like eleven and like noon, and I'd just or maybe like eleven and one maybe, and I'd watch it like anytime I was home from school, and it was it was just, I don't know, I, I know the show backwards and forwards, and I love it, but season two, like I was just kind of looking through the episode list and everything because I watched, like I've I've only watched it, in chronological order from beginning to end like maybe three or four times in my life because i've only watched it in syndication like i grew up watching it in syndication so i know all the episodes but i've only watched them in syndication so i'm not familiar with this goes back to what i was talking about earlier that i i'm not i hadn't parsed together like episodes from seasons i didn't think like oh season four season two is really strong the only season i can think of is i think season five or six is like there was like a three episode arc where they lose the airline um, mm-hmm. or they, they get bought out or they, they're forced to, uh, sell the airline. And that's, that's the only piece that I can really, really latch onto as far as seasons. But season two, I was shocked to see how many episodes in the season were just iconic to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be brief again. I'll just, I'll just run through of uh, several of the episodes just to tell you a broad strokes of what the show was like and, and what the high points of it to me were. Um, there were there was an episode the the season kicks off with an episode where Joe Hackett played by uh Tim Daly is about to be interviewed he he's he's about to be interviewed by a magazine reporter and his brother Brian who who just uh the whole the whole series is about them running an airline together and and it's 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 really it's really it's really great but anyway um <clears throat> the magazine reporter he he kind of changes his story to to talk about Brian because he found he finds out all these just through 
whatever. He finds out all these really thrilling adventures that Brian has had. And this, like this episode is just, just so, just so ingrained in my memory because it's such a good like brother episode. And that's probably one of the reasons why I was so attracted to the show is that it played up the brotherly bond between Joe and Brian. And, uh, and it it's just such a nice like that's a, that's a nice episode like if, like that's a the, the, probably a good entry point in the series if you're interested in watching it is watch season two episode one of Wings because um, it ends on such a nice moment and uh, other standout episodes there's there's an episode where uh, Roy kind of the kind of the laughing stock of the airport he he runs the competing airline and he's kind of the antagonist I, I guess um, he keeps inviting himself into the groups like like outings and everything and there's like it ends with him at a game night where uh he's partnered with with lowell the mechanic the lovable oaf and uh he gets really just he gets really irritated because he's trying so hard to be nice to this group that he's he antagonizes all the time but after like a heartfelt talk to talk with joe um and that, that's probably the standout of the episode i'm bearing the lead there but he like he has a very nice moment with Joe where he's like, I want to be, I want to be liked. I want people to like me. And then he finally, he can't, he finally just, he has so much of <laughs> Lowell, uh, at the party being like being, uh, screwing up his chance of winning trivial pursuit yeah. that he blows up. It, it's such a good, good comedic episode. And then, it really is. I remember yeah. that one. Oh yeah. So, and then there was other episodes. There's an episode where, where Joe and Brian are vying for Helen's affections with a, with a birthday gift. If, if you watch this episode, it's, <laughs> um, they, uh, they they keep buying gifts for her and then exchanging them, and they keep telling them which ones they are, and they find out like they keep wanting one upping each other, right? And like it's it dates the show so much because one of them is like a nice new CD player that costs like three hundred bucks, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then and, and I don't know, and then, and then there's a bunch of other episodes. A couple other ones is uh, Airport ninety is an episode where Helen the the. Uh, uh, she works the lunch counter in the airport. She, uh, she wants to learn to fly. So Brian takes her in the airplane and, and has her fly after, uh, but, but then he gets knocked out and she has to, uh, radio the, the, uh, the terminal and ha- it's really funny. Um, but sorry for the <laughs> spike, but, <laughs> but two of my favorite episodes of the entire series reside in season two. And one is an episode where, uh, Joe and Brian, um, uh, think that they see a UFO. And it's, it's so, it's so wacky. It's, it's so great. It's called Plane, Plane Nine from Nantucket, I think. Um, <laughs> in season two, watch that episode and then watch Murder She Roast because it is by far one of my favorite episodes. It's where Brian is convinced that the sweet, um, uh, ticket counter lady that works for them, Faye, Faye Evelyn, Faye Evelyn Dumbly Duvet Schlob Cochran. Um, <clears throat> don't, don't. Don't mess with me. <laughs> but anyway, he becomes convinced. He has to he has to live with her because their house is getting fumigated. And he watches an episode of Fugitives from Justice, a, a fake like like mystery show uh, that's hosted by Mora Povich in the show. But uh, and he becomes convinced that Faye is a murderer. She and killed all her husbands. He, that she killed all all of her husbands with yeah. strychnine. <laughs> and uh, and he it's so. Like watch that episode instead of instead of uh instead of the the first episode because that's it's so so wacky and so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, uh, enough about me blabbing about wings. Um we have a couple more on here uh, like uh, examples of bad yeah. uh second seasons and we'll touch on these just a, a little bit. Yeah, um 
I mean, there in the pantheon of television, there's probably a lot of shows that are hampered by the writer's strike of it was like 2007, 2008. 2008. 2008. Um, and one of those shows is Friday Night Lights. And like that show, I really, really, really enjoyed that show. But the second season is, is, isn't that good because they, they introduce a lot of different plot lines and a lot of different uh, scenarios that because of the writer's strike, they just don't follow through on at all and it, they get dropped. And then there's a really kind of – I didn't really have a problem with this storyline per se, but there's a, there's a storyline involving uh, – uh, I can't remember. The, uh, Adrian Palicki's character and what was his name? Uh, uh, he was on Breaking Bad. Um, Jesse Plemons' character. Jesse Plemons. Yeah, um, I can't remember his character's name, but uh, Lance. Lance. Landry. No, Land- Landry. Yeah. Coach calls him Lance. Coach calls him Lance. Yeah. So anyway, uh, there's a there's a storyline involving them too that kind of stretches the. I mean, the shows the shows a pretty not not quite heavy handed soap opera kind of show, but it's it plays with those kind of soap opera ish tropes and everything, mm-hmm. and this kind of goes kind of off the rails with that in a bad way. Um, and then it kind of gets resolved, and kind of a kind of, this at least this plot line gets resolved, but it gets resolved in a way that's so inconsequential to the rest of the series and the rest of the character development for these two characters that it it kind of just seems like they could have just thrown it out and yeah not bothered with it. But yeah, so what what's your pick for bad second season? Uh, my bad one is uh, True Blood, <laughs> and I, I was sitting there like like researching it because I couldn't remember it too well because mm-hmm. I. I quit watching after the third season, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, I was just sitting there and I was, I was reading synopses for the episodes and I was like, why did I ever watch this show? <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, to this day, I defend the first season. I mm-hmm. think it's a pretty solid season of television. Um, but the reason that it's solid is because it was simple. It was, it had a really compelling and, in my opinion, a satisfying love story throughout the first season mm-hmm. that I, I found just fascinating and i thought it was a, a, just a, a fun kind of cat and mouse thing between these two characters and that was a great focal point and, you know you had kind of subplots involving some other stuff and they were, they were all just simple and just you know kind of storylines you can relate to mm. and then the second season they throw in like werewolves yeah and there's some witch lady who grows these claws and claws pe- i j- it was just weird she like collects people to be her friends yeah and i don't even just, remember that holy crap yeah she's the uh i forget what her name is marianne maybe sure and she like kind of takes in tara and kind of oh yeah she was in 24 i think so yeah <clears throat> i don't know she was in season two of 24 i can't remember the name of the actress i'm not a fan of the actress either she was in the, michelle forbes that sounds right yeah she was in the killing as well i believe sure I don't know, but she was also uh, in Battlestar Galactica <clears throat> for a bit. I think yes, yes. she was. <laughs> um, but anyways, the second season they just they made that show so freaking complicated. They did, and they just kept upping the ante. In the mm-hmm. third season, there's fairies and <laughs> right. and it's like, okay, at what point does it stop? You know, they bring in like um, uh, a few later on. They bring in um, gosh, I can't even remember what all <laughs> they bring in uh, witches. Like actual like oh, like Wiccan yeah. witches, Ugh. and it's just like where at what point do you draw the line? Yeah, because you're just you're throwing too much in there. And God, I remember that that was my biggest frustration with the third season that mm-hmm. there was like a storyline for a character. They'd get like 
they'd get like 30 minutes for the whole season. Yeah. For their storyline. Because yeah. there's just way too many characters. It became very convoluted in, in season... Like, I would, I would go so far as to say that True Blood is one of the prime examples of a show that just kind of just pulled the wool over the eyes of the audience. It, it established yeah. itself with season one, which was a very strong, like you said, a very strong like kind of love story, kind of strange love story and, mm-hmm. and, uh, <clears throat> Uh, metaphor and allegory for, for, uh, uh, gay rights, activism yeah. and all that and persecution and all that stuff. And then it, it also, the thing that hooked me into True Blood was that there was a very satisfying murder mystery, mm-hmm. um, that played out really well during the first season. And that's it. Yep. And then season two, like this, the show did not establish itself as this, this fantastical, um, show with a bunch of different um a bunch of different uh, um uh, fantasy elements and and like like different things like it didn't establish itself as that and that that kind of once you hit season two and on to season three and you kind of get this this kind of you get the sense that like oh there's so much other stuff in in this world it betrays what was established in season one because yes. season one was a very grounded, like, oh, vampires are real and this is how human react, humans react to them. And then from season two onward, it's like, oh, fairies, witches, all this stuff, like basically yeah. echoing what you, what you said. And that's, it's just, it didn't, it, I, I would be curious to see what the, what the drop in viewers were like after season one because I felt like that really betrayed what the show ended up being about. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> Also, I really had a problem with season two having a ton of really ridiculous uh, cliffhanger episode yeah. moments. Like, like the one that this may be the last. Maybe no, I think I don't know. This might be one of the last episodes I watched, or one of the last episodes where I was like, "Okay, I can't take this show seriously at all." But like, the brother, her brother, uh, Jason, Jason, uh, he. There's an episode that ends with him getting shot. Mm-hmm. And it's like this big, like, oh my god, Jason just got shot. Oh wow, this, holy crap! And in the opening of the sec of the next episode, it's a paintball gun that shoots him. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, that's 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 not good storytelling. That's not a good. That's just like that. That's awful. That's that's right. horrible. It's it's dumb. They're going for a roller coaster, and we got a carnival ride. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The show got too big for its own good, and they just lost the thread. Absolutely. And that started in the second season. Yep, yep. Um, and it was a pretty crappy show. It, it was. It really was. Anyways. Anyway, so that is our discussion of second seasons. And usually we go to the potpourri section. Yes. Um, but I wanted to take this time to reflect on what, uh, like, this is the, like this is our two-year anniversary of the podcast. And I kind of want to take this moment to kind of reflect on... Um, our second year as podcasters. We're going to be juniors. <laughs> Upperclassmen. Jesus. <laughs> oh my God. I'm sorry. I could, no, I was going to say it's our, this is, that was our Sophocast here. Oh, I like that. No, you don't. I do. Don't. It's not good. I have a year to come up with a pun for junior year. <laughs> um, but no, th- and so I kind of wanted to touch base with like, hey, how we're Upperclassmen. God damn it. <laughs> I'm on a roll. Uh, uh, put me on a pan and stick me in the oven. I'm on a roll. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> so how do you feel about our second year of podcasting, Tiny? It was huge. 
Right? I think we did some stuff this season that... This year. This year. I, I, think, I think we did. <laughs> you got me screwed on the season. You thing. ruined <laughs> everything, Tiny. <laughs> um, I think we did some things this year that other podcasts don't get to till they've been doing this for five years or, mm-hmm. or whatever. I mean, just looking at the list of stuff we're going to run through, it's like we hosted a live event. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like... Oh my god! Not a lot of people can really say they've done that. Oh yeah, I and mean, it, it's like, like oh my god! Like can we, let's let's just jump into. The, I have yeah. a list of of topics that like just standouts, notable moments and episodes from year two of the obsessive viewer, and like the second one on there is Shocktober and Irvington, which like oh my god, dude! Like first of all, we we did that, we did it, yeah, and it's like. And first, like, again, I want to apologize to you, Tiny, to Mike, to our friend Greg, for being so stressed out over it. Well, I mean, that's... But... We were all stressed about it. We were very stressed about it. And, I like, I just... I was so stressed out. And, like, we're we're in contact with the Irving Theater, and we're going to hopefully have an episode... Uh, have a date locked down for year... For October 2. Um, and I just... I'm so, like... Like, the things that we did last year... For over the last year for the podcast, like I feel like they have really made this year, like the thought of doing like that again and doing PopCon again, like so much less stressful on my part. And, and like, like I feel like, like there's still like that, that nervousness that resides with like, Oh, we're going to do another live event kind of thing. And yeah. Oh, we're going to do a convention and everything. But it's also like, I'm like, Okay, I'm not going to stress out about getting a banner, like getting the banner perfect. And well, we have the banner, so I don't really need to do that. But like, mm-hmm. I'm thinking like, okay, I just it's it's going to be a fun experience because we know that it's a fun experience, and I think that's taking precedence in my head over making sure that everything is just as perfectly as I want it to be and everything. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Yeah. So I'm I'm I think I feel like I'm growing. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. So, so, so should we talk a little bit about Shocktober and Irvington? Um. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it was fun, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, we got to, we got to talk about filmmaker. We got to talk to filmmakers about mm. their craft. Yeah. I mean, we had artists on our show, and talked to them about why they are artists and why they choose to make the things they do. That's just like a kind of purity that. Yeah. Man, that was just freaking amazing. Oh yeah, and add, I, add to that fact the fact that we we were we were talking to them. In front of an audience mm. who had just seen their work, yeah, like that just I, that was just amazing to me. It was pretty surreal. Yeah, and I I really can't wait to do it again. Yeah. Um. Do you have any Do you have any standouts that you want to talk about over the last year, year um, two? I mean the the stuff you got on the list here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean the just the summer of Sandler was yeah. probably behind Irvington and the the convention. Was mm-hmm. pro- I would say it's probably our our most ambitious episode. I yeah, I, I mean, would definitely definitely agree with you there. Well, our most ambitious project. Let me put yeah. it that way. Because if if you consider Irvington and the convention uh, popcon a project, mm-hmm. uh, Summer Sandler a project, that's that'd probably fall in third place. Right. Um. That was like, it was so much fun, and like I just loved just getting together and ripping those movies apart. <laughs> yeah. Um. But like at the, I was, I was ready for it to be over by oh, the end. Oh, me too. Yeah, I was ready oh, for yeah. it to be over. But like, like just we can say we did it. You yeah. Know? Oh yeah. Like, like just today, I was tweeting, I was tweeting about it because I was talking, I was talking to my friend Molly about it, and and or, or not about it, but she like mentioned something about uh, 
It was that's what it was. Uh, my friends Yuri and Molly in our in our Facebook Messenger chat, uh, they posted a posted an article about how Rose McGowan. Uh, <laughs> this is like Rose McGowan apparently speak, spoke out about being cast in Adam Sandler's latest movie and being asked to dress like like to wear a push up bra or something like yeah. that and dress really risque and she's like like she said some big statement about it and I'm like I'm like okay okay having an actress dress slutty is the least least <laughs> offensive thing about any Adam Sandler movie. Right. And like as as like I said that to to my friends in in our chat and then like and then like Molly was like, "Well, I like this movie. I like this movie." And I was like I was like, "Oh, yeah, that was okay. And I like this movie and oh, you would probably like this movie. You haven't seen this." And I was like, "Oh my god, I have just a breadth of knowledge about Adam Sandler's career." Like, <laughs> "Oh my god. <laughs> this uh, podcast." Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, Man. you know. And then yeah. And then like, and I went into a whole spiel because one of my favorite moments from season, from year two of the podcast is Summer Sandler episode four, where I mentioned to Mike or I mentioned to you guys, I said uh, that Jack and Jill, like I theorized that Jack and Jill was a metaphor for Adam Sandler wrestling yes. with his 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 talent as a le- fairly legitimate kind of dramatic actor that we've seen before. And reconciling that with this urge to be just this ab- abrasive idiot, yeah, idiot moneymaker, um, and I said that I spelled that out in our chat, and then like Molly was like, um, I was like, I said that on the podcast, and Mike, it blew Mike's mind, so whatever, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but anyway, it blew my mind too. Oh, thank you. Mike was a little more expressive about it, but I was still trying to wrap my mind around it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm really proud of that. I might do something blog related for. I shouldn't put that out there because I. I <laughs> Because the idea that I have for a blog-related Jack and Jill thing will make me just crazy. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I have a there's a there's a few, several other ones I want to talk about, but um, the like we did like I really like when we do these bonus episodes that have to do with uh with TV shows in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've done them several times, but two of the standout ones happened in the last year is uh. The Boardwalk Empire final season that you and I did, uh-huh. um, which was which was really good because it was like it was kind of similar to how um, the How I Met Your Mother series finale bonus episode that we did was because it, like I feel like we like the series didn't end the way that we wanted it to, or at least I didn't want it to. Oh yeah, and I feel like that really grew that really created a really interesting discussion for us to have, and I was really yeah. proud of that episode. I think both of us wanted to talk about that show, like it's. Like it belongs in the discussion of greatest shows of all time. Yeah, but I, I don't. I don't think it does. It do, and that's that's the that's that's what was special about that episode. Absolutely, and like it's funny because if you go back and listen to like I've I've like recently I went back and listened to like the first several episodes of the podcast just for SNGs and to kind of gauge the quality of it to see if I wanted to put like a disclaimer on the on it <laughs> because, because those first few episodes are rough. Um, yes, but. I listen to it and like, like there's like a string of like two or three episodes where I'm like where I emphatically say uh, Boardwalk Empire like once Breaking Bad goes off the air Boardwalk Empire will be the best show on TV <laughs> and oh it ended poorly it did um, unfortunately yeah but then the other another episode is uh, the Friends retrospective that I did with Mike because uh, like we just like we dissected the hell out of that show we spent three hours talking about it yeah and I think the episode ended up being Two and a half hours, maybe. I listened to it, yeah. Yeah, and it's. I was really proud of that. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. 
and then other milestones, we, we hit our 100 episode mark mm-hmm. with the fake movie game, which I thought was really a blast. I was really proud of us for coming up with that. Me too. Me too. Because that, that we're going to have to do, we're going to have to get a guest on here or something. Oh, yeah. And have to do that again. I don't know how well it would work with just two of us. I don't, I don't think it would either. Yeah. But man, that was so fun. Yeah. Oh, it was a blast. Yeah. And we also did a franchise retrospective for the Halloween franchise, mm-hmm. which was a lot of fun. That was great. Yeah. And then, of course, we did uh, Mike's Farewell episode. Yeah. Which was bittersweet, but I feel like that was that was definitely the kind of episode that we needed to send off a co-host that was going on sabbatical. Without and question, I, yeah. yeah. And I feel like, uh, and like, not to toot my own horn, but I was really proud of the little montage I had at the end of the episode <laughs> as like a tribute to him. Like, I was, I was actually really proud of myself for that. Oh, me too. Thank you. Yeah. Like, I would spend... Like in preparation for that to put those clips together, I would sit at my desk at work and listen to listen to the podcast just kind of like to my ear, yeah. and then mark down timestamps for it. Like I had this this fear that like oh someone's gonna come in and hear me talking on the podcast because I didn't <laughs> want to have headphones in because that's not professional. <laughs> but I was like someone's gonna come in like they're gonna be like is, is he is he listening to himself? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Fortunately, no one did. But anyway, um, so yeah, so that that's some notable moments and episodes from year two uh and there's a couple other anecdotes and this is this is kind of getting long but um these these stand out for me like there's as i said i've i've been listening to like kind of listening to the early episodes of the podcast and i listened to our in preparation for this episode i listened to our one year anniversary special episode Mm -hmm. and something struck something stood out to me and i i think i mentioned this to you tiny privately a couple years a couple days ago um but there's a moment in the in the um, I think there's a moment in in that episode in the f- one year anniversary episode where Mike says that his favorite podcasts are um, uh, you made it weird and the Nerdist and I remember like at the time like yeah the Nerdist was like my favorite podcast mm-hmm. and I know for a fact like now Mike's probably Mike's favorite Mike's favorite podcast is now playing podcast mm-hmm. and like my favorite like podcast that i listen to regularly is slash filmcast i kind of feel like it's it's interesting that i don't know if you've experienced this tiny but since we started podcasting i've kind of gravitated more toward listening to other podcasts about movies and tv shows mm-hmm. um i just i just think that's kind of an interesting thing totally yeah um and then a couple <laughs> oh okay um yeah <laughs> these here's a few anecdotes about it uh we we <coughs> Uh, the college movies episode, episode 101, uh, that was the first episode we recorded in my apartment and, uh, we had Feckus back and it was episode 101 and we talked about college movies, which I was really proud of. Yeah. Um, but it's funny because before that we were recording in my brother's sunroom, which I referenced as the Turbo Roof Studios <laughs> and like, like we recorded, we started recording there in the, how, how often did we record in there? It was, it was like, how did we start recording in there? Jeez, I don't know. Um, I couldn't tell you. I don't really remember. I mean, I I think we recorded in there for like about a year. Yeah, I think it was the better part of a year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it's funny because it's (laughs) it was a sunroom with uh, like no AC or heating like ducts in it. I don't think. Right. So we spent a year in there and it was like basically in the summer it was really hot and the winter it was really cold. And then probably in February of this year, we found out there was a little lever with a heater in the... Like a, an old school radiator kind of. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and like that whole time, we could have been warm in the winter. Like yeah. I think there's episodes where my teeth are chattering in in the, <laughs> in the episode because I'm freezing my ass off. Um. So yeah, and then and then this one. Okay, this one is a little. There's a pattern that is emerging in these year, these year, uh, the, these year retrospective episodes that we're doing. I guess. Um, because if you guys remember in the, <laughs> in the one year anniversary special episode, I talked about how, uh, during the recording of the very first episode of the, of the podcast, I got dumped while, while we yeah. were listening to it or while we were recording it. Um, <clears throat> and also I like, I'm friends with the girl of in question from that first episode and, uh, and she, I think she's going to come to PopCon, so we might actually get her on the podcast. <laughs> Uh, to hear her side of it. Nice. That I'm going to heavily edit out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, so anyway, so, so there was an, there's an episode of the podcast that I don't even know if I still have in my files. I think I do. I couldn't really find it when I was looking for it, but I'm, I'm mm-hmm. sure I do because I wouldn't dump that, but I'm, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh, Freudian slip. Uh, okay, so September, the end of September, <laughs> we were... <laughs> I can't believe that just happened. That was great. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> At the end of September, uh, we were set to record an episode of the podcast. I don't remember what the topic was. Um, I don't know. But the day before we recorded, my girlfriend at the time... Uh, and did the relationship with me. Um, <laughs> so, in the pod chat, and, and at the end of it, like, I mean, I, like, uh, at the time, like, this is, I, I don't remember if I've mentioned this on the podcast or not, but basically, the breakup happened, and it was, it was a very amicable breakup, amicable, amicable, wow, amicable, amicable. breakup, that's why she broke up with me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but anyway, um, it was very amicable. It was very pleasant. Like something like you know, I don't really experience uh, with and all that. But that's a whole other thing. So it was very, it was very nice. It was very, you know, whatever. So I was like, you know what, I, I'm I'm okay about it. So I'm talk I'm talking to Tiny and Mike in the pod chat, and then I think I think Mike or I don't know if Mike or you uh, mentioned it, but I was like, I th- I think I mentioned like, you know, it's funny because there's a whole list of like breakup movies that I wanted to do. One, I meant to do a blog post about it like a year a year before that, mm-hmm. but just never happened. And then I think one of you guys like recommended like, why don't we just change the topic to breakup movies? Yeah, I think we're gonna do like an extended potpourri anyway. So yeah. <clears throat> so at the time, <laughs> I was like, and this is the day that it happened. I was like, you know what? Sure. You know, I'm pr- I'm okay with it. I'm I'm good with the I'm good with the breakup. I thought it's, it might be kind of cathartic. It would be cathartic and everything. Yeah. And then that was a Saturday. We were recording on Sunday. And then I woke up Sunday morning and just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, Oh, the relationship's over. And like, I, that was like my – like I started like my whole like grieving period or whatever. And I was just like – I mean I, I'm not going to – I mean we, we dated for a couple months. So it wasn't like a big, a big huge relationship or anything. But I, I, like I was still upset over the breakup and everything. Mm-hmm. So we ended up recording breakup movies – and then that week was, and this may be going into too much detail, I guess, but that week I started working day shift. Yeah. And she works in the building. Yeah. So basically we recorded, we recorded the episode and then I had this awkward, awkward, uncomfortable and upsetting week where I like, I was, I was upset from the breakup and had to like 
like inter not in I hadn't didn't have to interact, but I mean like I still saw like I saw her every day that week, and I was like, yeah. I was just like, all right, guys, we need to take a week off because I can't like I like I'm still upset over this, and uh, I don't really feel like forcing myself to sit down and listen to audio of me talking about the thing that I'm upset about yeah, and having to edit and release it and everything like that. Not that we got too personal in that episode, but and also I just feel like I was not on top of my game there because I still had so much stuff going on in my head. Right. Um, so that is why in the last week, first week of October, we did not have an episode. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's, I, the file is still somewhere in there. and I, I may eventually dig it out i'm i kind of wanted to release it like for valentine's day because that'd be an interesting like like us talking about breakup movies on valentine's day yeah but yeah i don't know maybe i'll eventually i'll dig it out and i'll release it at some point but okay but on the bright side i'm i'm you know i'm doing okay (laughs) single and ready to mingle yeah i'm I'm just dating me right now tiny (laughs) Um, (laughs) and then also uh we have vault movies three in the can (laughs) Uh, that was the last episode that well, one of the last episodes we recorded with Mike before his sabbatical, and it's like it's there. It'll come out eventually, but um, we just recorded it as kind of a B-roll thing, and it'll come out eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then finally, uh, a couple of regrets I have. Do you have any regrets over the last year? Um, no, yeah, no. I had a really good second half of this. I mean, the in terms of our podcast years, mm-hmm. I had a really good like second half of the second year. Nice. Got, got a new girlfriend. Got a right. New, got a new apartment. Got a new job. Nice. I mean, it's kind of kind of great. So I lost a girlfriend. I, <laughs> well, you know, I got my own apartment. That's kind of a mix. I, I had a pretty, I you know, I had a good second half of the year. Up and down. Uh, yeah, you know, um, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, that's great. Nice. Yeah. Good job. Um, <laughs> Also, I want to, I want to mention that I saw like for the first time I saw your apartment, mm-hmm. and my God, like you live in a fucking sitcom apartment, dude. <laughs> Kinda, yeah. Like, like I was just thinking about that, like the other, like I was, I was, you know, thinking about that today. I was like, it's like that's a sitcom apartment. It's yeah, like huge like it. and awesome. <laughs> so good job, thank you. Um, but anyway, I have a couple regrets, just minor things. Uh, OV eighty eight, which ended up being uh our friends retrospective episode, uh. I really, really, really wanted it to be our time travel movies episode or yeah. a Back to the Future retrospective episode just because the numbering would have been perfect, OV88, yeah. 88 miles per hour. But uh, we weren't prepared for it, and I realized, like, okay, I'm not I'm not going to force us to record a topic that we're not – that none of us are really prepared for right. just for the novelty of releasing it as the 88th episode. <laughs> and also, like, that release would have been, like, right – like the reason that the Friends retrospective was there it was a bonus episode is because that was released like the week, like the week between uh, Christmas and New Year's Day. So it's like I'm I'm not like you know, I'm not going to force us to do a really what I feel is a really important topic for me. Yeah. Like it's one of my favorite things to think about and talk about. Um, just for that, yeah. And then yeah. also we talked about doing the David Fincher retrospective, but. None of us had time to watch yeah. the movies and all that, so that's some depth you got to get yeah. into there. Um, I'll tell you what, when we get in like twenty years, when we get to episode nineteen fifty-five, that'll be our Back to the Future. <gasps> Ooh, <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. I already have plans. Like we have plans. Like we're still like in October. I want to do a uh, uh, Back to the Future retrospective. Really? 
Because uh, why the, October? The date. It'll be October uh, October fifth, twenty fifteen. Nice. Yeah, the day that he, you know, comes back. So look at you. And we're gonna force Mike to come back to talk about it. Yes. And like, I want to get my hand. I want to get my hands on the animated series and watch that and talk about that too. Because I want to. I want to just. Good luck. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. But <laughs> but we're gonna do that in October. We're gonna have our Back to the Future retrospective. Yeah. Maybe um, <clears throat> looking at the future, maybe we could. Uh, we we've talked many times about doing a Stanley Kubrick retrospective. Yes. But Mike is not a fan. That's true. Mike's on sabbatical. Maybe it's our opportunity. That is not a bad idea at all. Yeah. Nice. We miss you, Mike. We do. We really do. I mean, we do. Yeah. And it's like you know, I think we're we've been doing pretty well, but it's it's still feel like I can't wait for him to come back on the podcast eventually. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um. Okay, so basically that just that kind of ran ran <laughs> ran wild with us. That was potpourri, basically. It was basically our potpourri. So yeah. we're gonna kind of forego potpourri this week, which is funny because I have a whole list of stuff that I wanted to bring up for potpourri. Yeah, and I I watched a whole season of a show and a a really good movie. Yeah, yeah. In that time, so I I, uh, I had like two things for potpourri. So teaser for next week's potpourri section. Uh, what's the really good movie that you want people to watch in preparation for your talk about it next week? Uh, it is about the most important battle of the twenty of the twentieth century. In real me, life, me me breaking up with my girlfriend. Jesus, <laughs> yes, man. <laughs> <laughs> what what's it called? Do you want to get it? It's called Stalingrad. Stalingrad. Oh, nice! I yeah. can't wait to hear your thoughts on that. <laughs> yep. Um, and then next next week I'm gonna just lavish uh my my words upon uh Community season six. Nice. Yeah. And also RoboCop and RoboCop 2, I guess. Oh, really? Uh, maybe. I don't know if we'll end up talking about it. Nifty. Yeah. So anyway, so uh, thanks for listening, guys. And we're going to go to our pre-recorded outro. And we look forward to many, 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 many more years. <laughs> and, Jesus. Uh, yeah. Or, you know, however many we, we want to do. Um, <laughs> and thank you so much for listening, honestly. like Yes. Like I, I can like I I obsessively check the stats of the downloads and everything, and I've noticed we've we've been growing steadily since we started, and mm-hmm. I I I love all of our listeners, and uh, I really love when you guys you know reach out and and talk to us and everything. So, yes, thank you guys, thank you guys, and uh, yeah, hope you like year three. Here's to year three. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks. They're going to need a break to tell. Right. Yeah. This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. This is Tiny at Obsessive Tiny on Twitter. And this is the two-year anniversary of the Obsessive uh, Obsessive Viewer. Damn it. Let's do that again. Sorry. Um, It's been a while since we've had to do that. That's the tag. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, Okay. Thank you for listening to the Obsessive Viewer, presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. You can find more of our episodes at ovpodcast.com, and you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast app. The Obsessive Viewer's theme song is An Eclipse of Events and is provided by Loudlike from their EP, Mistakes We Must Make. You can find that and more great music from them on iTunes and like their Facebook page at facebook.com slash loudlikemusic. Any and all feedback on the podcast is encouraged. You can email the hosts individually at matt.com 
tiny or mike at obsessiveviewer.com or send an email to the podcast in general at podcast at obsessiveviewer.com. Check out the Obsessive Viewer blog at obsessiveviewer.com where we post movie and TV reviews and the occasional editorial about the business of entertainment. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Obsessive Viewer and follow us on Twitter at Obsessive Viewer, at Obsessive Tiny, and at I am Mike White. If you want more obsessive content in your life, check out our sister site, obsessivebooknerd.com, for book reviews, author spotlights, and a general celebration of reading. Finally, if you're philosophically curious, check out Tiny's side project podcast, The Secular Perspective, which explores the concepts of faith, religion, and existence from the perspective of secular hosts. You can find that at thesecularperspective.com and subscribe to the podcast on the podcatcher of your choice. Again, thank you so much for listening. We love you. Be excellent to each other.